welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. (laughs) Oh, hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the Ghosties podcast. (laughs) We are in person again. I know. I know. It's twice now. I like it so much better. I know. Me too. I was listening to the ghost share and the beginning of it versus like us being in in person i was like thank you jesus because Mm -hmm. the sound is just not the same i know i know i agree yeah it's so nice to be able to be in person too yeah then we don't have to like because guys i don't know if y'all know this but like when we record separately um we have to like really pause um you know when each other is talking um because anytime we talk at the same time each other is talking it kind of interrupts the audio of the podcast yeah so just it takes a lot more work you wouldn't think it does but it does it does <laughs> yeah and like if you really want to say something you have to remember like you can't interrupt or it's gonna like break it like it's just this whole like yeah it's a whole mess vibe. because we don't have like the crazy you know professional setup at each of our houses where we're you know i know i know oh well i'm sure i could hook it up somehow i just I'll add it to the list. (laughs) I'll add it to my to-do list of things that will get done one day, maybe. I know. Seriously. Like, yeah. Seriously. I know. What's been going on with you? Just teaching as per usual. Teaching the young minds of America. Yeah. We've only got like 30-some days left, apparently. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. I feel like, like we blinked and it feels like just yesterday you were like, all right, I've got a permanent position here (laughs) i was just telling erica yesterday about the whole story of the beginning of it when i was like i'm gonna sub and they were like do you want this long-term kindergarten position and i was like yes and remember i didn't get it yeah because some man got it Mm -hmm. erica used to work with that man (gasps) and so she knows him and i didn't even like really put it together Mm -hmm. until um he's not there anymore because that position ended in april oh and i didn't you yeah oh wow they were like you know the third, uh, the third grade one, that's the one I didn't want, which I'm doing now. But I was like, I, they were like, would you rather have kindergarten or third grade? It was the lady from the company I work for. And I was like, I want kindergarten. You know, I want the littles. They're so precious. Well, thank goodness, because the first day that I ever subbed, remember, it was that kindergarten mm-hmm. classroom. They had, like, the the class pet with all the flies around it. And then one of the kids, like, pooped on the seat oh. of the bathroom. And you have your own bathroom in your own room in kindergarten. Oh, Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, one of the kids there was like poop on the seat. Oh. So the other kids didn't want to go. The IA left at like twelve. It was my first day ever substituting, so I had to like keep oh, these kids right. alive for hour. I was sweating. I remember that. And you're in the mask. I remember. And I was wearing that mask that you could see my face. It so, worked you like a summer it, job oh that day. <laughs> it was like fogging up. Oh my gosh, I couldn't. That was was that the day that you weren't able to pee like all day? Yeah, I don't even know what the bathroom is in that building. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I went to that school one time, and then the next one was for one of the teachers I work with now mm-hmm. at this school, and I had her class for one day, mm-hmm. and they were a delight. Mm-hmm. Some of them are actually that were in there are actually my students now. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm, they all had some of my students. Okay. So a couple of them were in there, and this class that swapped, because she's a team teacher, 
a couple of them that were in that one are in my class now too. So it's kind of okay. I didn't even realize those were going to be my future students. And, okay, yeah. so they're not like we thought. That worked yeah, out exactly it really did. how it was supposed to. I told uh, Erica how you did like that reading for me, and we're like, something is going to come along, and I'm like, it's hopeless. <laughs> and literally, something came along like a week later. <laughs> Um, I'm still curious about the one thing. I don't want to say too much on here because now that I know some people that I work with, listen. Oh, yeah. Um, but apparently I'm, you know, going to have the thing about me having an issue with somebody maybe at some point mm-hmm. this year. I can't figure out who it would be. I know. I know. I thought about that the other day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because there's mm-hmm. not a lot of males in the school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I get along with everybody. Mm-hmm. But Spirit obviously thinks otherwise. I don't know. Maybe it was if you had taken that original there you position. Go. Yeah. It could have been that. But there were no other males in that yeah. um, grade level. So I don't know. I don't know. wonder. I'm hoping that things have just gone for the best. But mm-hmm. you know it also said not until closer to the fall or when my finances because remember that was stressing me out well that's when I get my new rate for my new position in the fall get out of here yeah I'm going to be making more so that's when it kicks in so your whole I thought about this yesterday I was like your whole reading was like spot on dang I'm hoping I won't have any beef with anybody like it's I know right (laughs) I want to keep my job (laughs) I remember that card specifically Um, it's that wands card where everyone's kind of like fighting with each other yeah that's crazy. I was thinking I mean, about that the other day. I get along with the principal. I know. I get along with the male teacher that I teach with now. There's some in second grade. If I'm an IA in that next year, I'll have to work mm-hmm. with one of them. I think one of them might be first. I can't remember. But one of them is second. Okay. I subbed for his class for two days when I first started there. Okay. And he seems nice. Like, Hopefully. I'm, I'm so nervous. Fingers crossed. <laughs> the other substitute, there's a very nice substitute that's there. And I adore him. And he... You know, we get along very well. Yeah. I'm just so nervous. Hopefully you missed that part. I hope. I don't want hopefully beef with anyone. Sh- yeah. Hopefully you just <laughs> shed that. Maybe it's my student, my hard-to-handle mm, male student. It could be. You want to know how petty I am? Yeah. They'll know who this is, too, if, if the the other teachers are listening. Um, he no longer has a desk in my classroom. His desk is my desk. Oh. So I have okay. this U-shaped, and he's facing me he's next to you and one of the teachers that's actually messaged me and said she's listening she took him out the other day during um some like out of class stuff we're doing and made him write on paper Mm -hmm. i will respect my teacher like the whole paper okay so he gave that to me so i taped it on the wall right beside where he's gonna be sitting (laughs) petty is your favorite color Okay, he does really well Mm one-on-one so he really is good when it's just like him and i Mm-hmm. When he doesn't have an audience. Yeah. So I have no doubt he's going to do well. And then when he knows how to act, I will give him his desk back. That's fair. Yeah. That's Anyways, fair. enough teaching talk. I remember when, oh my God, I remember being in elementary school. Those teachers. I had older teachers, though. Like, old lady teachers. Well, see, think about that, though. How old were they really? They seemed old to us. Because my students either think I'm 18 or, like, 58. They don't know. What? They really, they don't, they have no concept of, like, people's age. One of my kids was like, my mom is 29. I was like, oof. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately no. Immediately no. Like, yeah. (laughs) That was like Kyle and I went and got, um, we got our phones from Sprint years ago. Uh, We went to, like, one of those mall kiosks. And I remember the girl, um... 
she was a teenager. I mean, she could have been more than like 17 or 18. Um, but she was asking us our dates of birth. And Kyle said that his birth date um, was 1982. She goes, oh, cool. That was when my mom was born. And we were like, oh. Shot through the heart and you're too <laughs> It was so harsh. I was. I remember I looked Rough. at him and we were like, shots fired. Shots fired. Oh That'll God. do it. <laughs> you do not have to worry about me. You don't me. have to worry about me. Oh my gosh, bless. Yeah. And we're back. Here we go. We are talking about the national parks today. I really thought we talked about this. I must have dreamt it. I think we covered it in the Staircases in the Woods episode. Right? Mm -hmm. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit during then. Did we talk about the missing 411? Did we just talk about that and not on yeah. here? Like you and I just conversed about it? We've talked about and it. And I looked it up. I thought I watched a documentary. I think you did. So yeah. that we could talk about it? Maybe it was four staircases? Maybe not. Perhaps. I don't know. I need to Just listen back. We've done so many episodes. <laughs> I know. I know. So the national parks, um, so just a little bit of brief history about the national parks. Um, it says the United States national park system alone, and in the national park system alone, there are more than 84 million acres preserved woods, deserts, mountains, and other wilderness that has been set aside for the national parks. By the act of March 1st, 1872, Congress established Yellowstone National Park in the territories of Montana and Wyoming, quote, as a public park or pleasuring ground for the benefit and enjoyment of the people. If he comes around here, I'll tell you what. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. He's not. I'm sorry. Mike, guys, uh, Missy's husband, Mike, is mowing the grass. Again. <laughs> Just like he was last week when we were recording. Like, anyway, sorry. I thought I heard it coming around the corner. I was like, oh, for God's sake. Um, let's see it says um, the founding of Yellowstone National Park began a worldwide national park movement today there are more than 100 nations contain what today more than 100 nations contain some 1200 national parks or equivalent preserves Um, it says in August uh, on August 25th of 1916 President Woodrow Wilson signed the act creating the National Park Service, a new federal bureau in the Department of the Interior, uh, responsible for protecting the 35 national parks and monuments then managed by the department and those yet to be established. So as y'all probably know, um, if anybody's seen like the documentary um, Missing 411 um, or if you frequent TikTok at all, they really cover um, like cryptids presence in the national parks um so yeah what i just tried to quietly get up and my ankle like popped and then sorry <laughs> i don't know if that's my kid okay it's their kids sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> you're sure right logan that i need to go get him. anyways oh, oh let gotcha. me not interrupt again gotcha so you guys know um like i said um the missing 411 is a documentary that's been out on amazon prime for quite a bit of time um that covers some of the really weird uh disappearances that happen in the national I didn't know that till you told me. Oh. I don't stay up to date with all that. I'm terrible. Oh, gotcha. You know about me and shows and movies. <laughs> I know, I know. She's so busy, y'all. I did watch Abbott Elementary. Did you? Two episodes. Oh my gosh, I, I love that show. I can't get to the third one because I don't have a paid subscription, so I gotta oh wait gosh. till it's free. I'll have to get the sign-in info for our Hulu. I like that. So that you can watch the no, rest I of it. Not. It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, remind me. I'll get okay. that for you. <laughs> Alright, so but anyway, so you guys know that there has been some really odd disappearances that happened both in the past as well as the present within the national parks. And when I say odd, like 
when people disappear, usually they're able to find people, especially when it's children that disappear within the national parks, because children don't have kind of the dexterity and, you know, the equilibrium to scale two mountain ranges, right. you know? Get, they're probably not going to get too far. Right, exactly. But what they have found is, especially in some of these disappearances, um, like if it's a kid, the kid will disappear from one place in the park and then they'll find them 50 miles, you know, in the opposite direction across two different mountain ranges. Right. So then people can say, okay, well, maybe it was an animal. You know, the animal got a hold of the kid and carried it. But they find these kids fine without a scratch on them. Um, And they have been, you know, throughout all of these different terrains. Their feet aren't, you know, scarred all up. Um, Yeah, that's wild. You know, like there isn't a scratch on these kids, and that's very strange. Um, So I found a couple of disappearances that were really odd that occurred within the national parks. Um, And you guys be the judge as to what you think these are. I will say some of these accounts I feel like don't have anything to do with the supernatural. I think some of it is people have you know, experience some sort of crime or abduction that's happened. Right. Um, So I think some of that is a component to this. Um, But it says, so the first case is a Bessie and Glenn Hyde. It says Bessie and Glenn Hyde were honeymooning in northern Arizona at the Grand Canyon when they vanished. They were traveling down the Colorado River uh, in October of 1928 and planned to boat through the Grand Canyon. Bessie would have been the first woman ever to do this successfully. Glenn had run uh, tough rivers before, but Bessie was a boating newbie. The couple ran across other boaters a few weeks before their disappearance, and these boaters said that they got the feeling that Bessie wanted to turn back, but Glenn was pushing her forward. If they completed the trip successfully, they were going to get paid uh, for a lecture tour, so this trip was not only just for fun, it was also for financial gain as well. Cut to several months later, The Hyde's boat was discovered that winter, seemingly undisturbed. It was upright and full of supplies, but the couple was gone. There are many theories about what happened to the Hyde's. Did they disembark and try uh, a difficult uh, portion of the hike and happen to lose their life? Did they have an argument that turned violent, or were they abducted? Who's to say? Who knows? Uh, The next one is about Alfred uh, Bileshart in 1938. It says, four-year-old Alfred was the first recorded drowning in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. The whether uh, Alfred actually drowned is controversial. It said he was camping in the park with his family over the 4th of July weekend when he disappeared near the Roaring and Fall Rivers. Alfred had gone with his dad to bathe in the river, and from there he decided to join two family friends at a spot about 500 feet upstream where he and his father entered the river. Now, this is a four-year-old. I was, I was literally going, did it say how old he was? Yeah, this was a four-year-old. Mm. So they were going to let the four-year-old walk 500 feet upstream where he and his father had entered the river by Absolutely himself. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Right. Um, when everyone returned to camp, they realized that Alfred was missing. Okay. <laughs> how is it that y'all were able to get all the way back to camp and you just happened to forget about your four-year-old? Like, this story is one of the ones that's pretty sus There's to me. There's another that I shared that was like this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, this this one is sus to me. Um, yeah, a search began immediately, expanding more than 100 civilian uh, conservation corps members within uh, 45 minutes, but they were not able to find a sign of Alfred anywhere. 
A day after he disappeared, a couple hiking about six miles away from where the campsite was reported seeing a small boy that resembled Alfred sitting in an area called the Devil's Nest. Uh, by the time authorities arrived, though, the boy was gone. The search went on for 10 days and included 150 men plus bloodhounds, though the size of the search party had dwindled to a dozen by the end of the eighth day. Park rangers chalked his disappearance up to a drowning, but he was never found. That is strange. Yes. I think that something happened to him. Um, like, a family member killed him. Something happened. Oh um, because how do you forget about your four-year-old first off? And do you think the other sighting was just a coincidence that it wasn't the same kid? Yeah. Because that's the vibe the I got that it wasn't. Mm-mm. I don't think it was the same. I think that there was some sort of foul play yeah. there involved. Uh, the next one is Catherine Van Alst of 1946. Eight-year-old Catherine disappeared from the Devil's Den State Park near Arkansas's Ozark National Forest. Why do you all have devil references? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Where she and her family were camping. Catherine apparently was playing with her brothers when she wandered off and got lost and couldn't find her way back. What makes her disappearance remarkable is that when she was found after six days wandering the woods, she was eerily calm. University of Arkansas student uh, Porter Chadwick was a part of the search party that found Catherine. He told the Pittsburgh Press that when he found her, she walked stoically out of a cave and just said, Here I am. Mm-hmm. She had survived on berries and spent nights sleeping in caves. Many of the other hikers had gotten lost in that part of the Ozarks and had not been lucky at, or as lucky as Catherine. Now, had I gotten lost and tried to survive on berries, I would have picked a poison one and died immediately. <laughs> I mean, my luck, it would have been like, oh, mm-hmm. immediate immediate death. Here's some arsenic. <laughs> right. I mean, what are the chances she found, like, mm-hmm. non-poisonous? I know. I just think... Sorry, that's the cat. kids across the street. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is that a cat? <laughs> no, that's the kids across the street. <laughs> the, the first thing I thought of, too, is, like, they looked for her for, you know, several days, um... And if she was in a cave, wouldn't she have been able to hear them? Like, did she wander that far off that she couldn't hear them as they covered that search? Or is it, like, so almost like, what am I trying to say? Not soundproof, but, like, echoing on the inside that you can't hear what's going on from the I don't know. It could be. I could be wrong, though. Because they're, like, inside, like, you know, the the dripping of the, you know, the water drops and Mm -hmm. it echoes and then whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. I'm just asking questions because <laughs> I just think about random things like that. So, yeah. All right. The Sorry next one was Dennis Martin. Six-year-old Dennis Martin was on a camping trip. It's near, always the little. I know. Near the Tennessee-North Carolina state line with his family in the summer of 1969. It was the annual Father's Day tradition. All of the men in the Martin family would head to the Smoky Mountain National Park to camp and hike. Dennis and his brothers had planned a prank on the adults. They were going to hide separately in the bush and jump out on different sides of the campsite to scare them. It was a typical joke that they had done before. The laughter ended quickly as they began to hide. Mm, I just got ringing in my ear. Mm-hmm. This is when they realized that Dennis was missing. Family, park rangers, other hikers spread out in search. Um, from what I read in this story, I think the first kid jumped out, and when Dennis did not jump out, they went to the bush to see where he was. They thought he was, you know, just playing a joke, and he wasn't there. Uh... And it was within feet of each other, too. 
Um, it says the search for Martin began the largest National Park Service search in history. Uh, one of the people searching was a park ranger, Dwight McCarter, who had successfully tracked down hundreds of missing persons, including young children. McCarter was a seasoned tracker, and he was struck by the complete lack of any sort of tracks. Dennis seemed to have completely disappeared in midair, leaving no trace at all. His disappearance is still a mystery. One possible lead uh, that the searchers didn't follow was a report from another family that evening that the boy went missing. The key family allegedly heard a scream and then saw a, quote, bear man with something mm. slung over his shoulder. I've heard, read something about this before. Mm-hmm. Said that the whatever was slung over his shoulder looked like a small child. Uh, this is deja vu. It was not the same story, though. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, it says, we'll never know whether or not this was related to Martin's disappearance. But one thing did come of it. The realization that having so many volunteers might have meant some vital clues got trampled on. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, they were never able to find him. <clears throat> I will say, too, um, as I was looking up some of these reports... Um, I wanted to see like what national parks have the most disappearances within them. Um, and so Lake Mead National Park in Nevada has 563 missing persons cases. Um, Nevada. The other, mm-hmm, the other one is the Grand Canyon in Arizona mm-hmm. with 290. And immediately my guides made that reference to Nevada and Arizona. Mm-hmm. They were like, do you see a correlation with that? And for those of you at home who don't know what we're talking about, I mean, with, like, Roswell, um, Area 51, um, all of those things, uh, especially with Nevada and Arizona, really seems to draw this kind of, like, E.T. and alien presence out there. Um, We don't know if it's because of the large deposit of quartz that's underground within these two states. Um, Maybe this is giving people, like, um, visions or making them more able to have visions. I'm not sure, but... It immediately got my attention that both of those two national parks are out where they have so much alien activity. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and, like, um, Utah is right over there, too. Mm-hmm. Not, it, and they're all three. Yep. Clustered. Clustered. Because that's and for Skinwalker that's Ranch. Skin, yeah, that's what I was thinking, Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Someone recently again asked, did you ever do Skinwalker Ranch? I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't say those words around me. Don't tell me about mm-hmm. Skinwalker Ranch. Um, All right, so here's some of the missing 411 cases. Um, So there was a case uh, regarding a little boy named Casey Hathaway. Um, He disappeared from a rural area in North Carolina. After about 56 hours of searching, he was found a quarter of a mile from his house. Not just a quarter of a mile, but this was after some of the best bloodhounds in the state of North Carolina had covered that area multiple times. it looks like several people had also flown through this area as well with helicopters. It said all of a sudden he was found right there hmm. in the middle of where they had searched. So he told his aunt that he had spent two days with a bear man Yeah, yeah, yeah. that had taken care of him. He says, um, uh, specifically, it says now everyone giggles about it, but he still references this bear man that fed him berries and water kept him alive during this time. These magic berries that everybody finds that aren't poisonous. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, uh, one time there was a story of a small girl uh, who disappeared from a rural location. Her dad was a lumberman. A lumberman. As the, as the guys were going into the woods, they heard a splash. They see the girl standing on a log near the stream, and they said, what are you doing? What happened? She said, well, this big hairy wolf had me. Mm. So... 
my understanding from the story is this little girl was back at the campsite and the men started venturing into the woods and then they hear this splash and see that the little girl is up ahead of them like standing on this log Mm -hmm. so when they ask her how did you get out here she says this big hairy wolf had me um sometimes these kids uh that i write about are found um it says like these are two to three year olds that will be found 10 to 15 miles from the point where they were last seen or they're found 5,000 feet higher in elevation from where they disappeared. Mm -mm. As a parent, you'll know my kid wasn't going to make that distance in that amount of time or climb that elevation by themselves, so it doesn't make sense. Another story says a little boy disappeared in rural Oregon um, that disappeared for nine plus hours and was found 12 miles away, two ranges away. Um, We had the survivor man, Les Stroud, trying to reenact what the little boy did throughout the night and in the middle of the night Les stopped and said I cannot do this this isn't right this kid did not do this on his own Mm -mm. I am a trained professional and I cannot even do this Mm. so then I asked the guys what is the deal with the national parks and guys these are just a fraction of all of the stories Um, there are up to date stories from you know stuff that's weird that goes on in the national parks Definitely look it up more if you want to research that more. Um, But I asked my guides about the national parks and what's going on. So first, when I asked them about like the young children's disappearances, um, they said first, obviously, some of these instances are situations where some foul play has gone on, like what we read. Um, I think that some of it is truly like bad people doing bad things. um, And that's that portion of it. They said, obviously, too, um, they said this is a little bit more rare, but there is a component to bad people abducting people from the woods. Um, They said that that does happen, but it's not frequent. Um, But next they showed me specifically about the kids. Um, So they showed me that uh, these kids, you know, and we know this through our work with spirit, um, but kids are like little psychic mediums. Like Mm -hmm. because they're these little fresh souls from the other side, they haven't been conditioned yet to not see through the veil. Um, this is why, you know, these small kids very often will have like past life memories pop up. Um, they'll tell us, hey, I see this person in the house and we don't see them. No, thank um, you. So what my guys showed me was, um, so this is weird, but they showed me, I walked out of our front house and you know how there's like that little kind of wooded area directly in front of the house next to that empty lot? Yeah. They were showing me that wooded area, and I was seeing this big portal in the Mm. middle of that wooded area, and I don't usually see it there. Um, So I was asking them, like, why am I seeing this? And they said, this is some of the stuff that these young children sometimes see. Um, It literally looked like that scene in terms of, like, walking into that wooded area looked further into it than what it did. Like, it looked like there was a path going into that little area. And they said that this is sometimes what these kids see. They will see a continuation of their environment. And really, they are just seeing and peeking into these different dimensions. Mm. So they quite literally walk into these pockets of different time almost, or different dimensions. And it's almost like they just get swallowed up by these different places. Um, They also showed me that there was probably like... A component of the fae as well within this. That's um, what I was just thinking. Yeah, I think that some of this is the fae also luring them in, yeah. yeah, these kids into these little pockets and then they disappear. 
But so then I asked them, so why is it that they kind of like are found, you know, some distances away? And they said for the kids that enter into these different dimensions, they said basically you can think of these different dimensions as, I'm going to try and explain this the best way that I can. Um, They said that you kind of enter these different dimensions and because they're different than our current reality, it will spit you out at a different place. Right. They said you can kind of liken it to um, the analogy that they gave me is being on the highway and getting off at an exit. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of spirals you back down to the ground level of the highway yeah. or the road. It's very similar, they said. Um, if you kind of enter into that portal and enter into that different dimension, to them, they will perceive it as they're just continuing to walk through the woods mm-hmm. or follow a path. Um, they said, but at a certain point, they will exit out of that dimension, and usually it will spit them out at a further area away from where they originally originated and entered into that portal. Huh. So they said that was part of that. Um, the other thing that they showed me was there's definitely a presence of ETs in certain mm-hmm. national parks, as we had um, suspicions of. They said especially in some of the more West Coast uh, national parks, there definitely is a presence there. They gave me the feeling like, I don't know that they're kidnapping um, children specifically. I got the feeling like perhaps that's going on more so with the adults um, and not the kids. Hmm. Um, So then, let's see. All right, so we covered that. Um, They also, I started asking them about specifically um, about the Mammoth Cave systems and how they correlate with missing persons cases. And I'll try and remember um, to post like the map of um, the Mammoth Cave system and how it correlates with missing persons. Guys, like there's no denying that there's some sort of link in how people disappear around this country and the Mammoth Cave systems. Um, Like they disappear in masses around these entrances to caves. Right. So I asked them like, all right, is this bad people doing bad things? Like, is there some sort of sex trafficking ring going on? Like what's going on? They did not give me the feeling like our government is involved in that specifically, Um, at least not in terms of, like, sex trafficking. Well, thanks. Goodness, because if so, they would shut this episode down immediately. (laughs) Um, But they did give me the feeling like there is some sort of low vibratory entity that specifically lives in caves. Um, They gave me the feeling like it's very much so like the djinn. Um, But they said that um, these are basically like these low-level earth entities um, that lure people into these cave systems somehow um, and don't ever let them out. Um, like, it reminded me of this story. I think we read it in uh, some of the Kentucky Goblin episodes that we did. There was a story that I read where basically these guys um, were walking through the woods and were going to go through this local cave. Um, and as they approached, they were hearing this woman screaming. Mm-hmm. When they got to the mouth of the cave, they saw a woman on the ground being held down by two men in robes. Um, They couldn't see their faces, but they could hear them talking. And they were saying, like, let the woman go. And these two beings basically were dragging this woman into the cave. And they started to approach them, and they held up this little metal wand and said, you know, get back. It's too late for this woman. You need to leave. And when they didn't, this little wand like admitted uh, some sort of beam towards them and it paralyzed them on the ground. And then they drug that woman into the cave and disappeared. They said that they watched them literally like this door opened up in the cave in terms of like the rock. They drug that woman into that door and then the door disappeared and it became rock again. 
So I truly think that some of this is low-level entities. Um, I don't know how it happens specifically, but somehow or another they draw people into these caves and that's how um, they disappear. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I miss anything? Bear with me here, guys. I'm trying to skim over my notes. Um, okay, so they did show me that um, there also seems to be like a presence of the greys also mm -hmm. in some of the national parks. Um, so again, giving me the feeling like perhaps they have something to do with um, some of these disappearances. But also, I asked them specifically about the cryptids. Um, and they said that specifically the Wendigo is exclusive to the national parks. They almost gave me the feeling like they were being contained oh. purposefully within the national parks. Um, they said uh, there are variations of the Wendigo within the Appalachian Mountains mm -hmm. um, and throughout you know rural portions of the world. Um, they said they're not exactly like the Wendigo, um, but they do exist outside of the national parks. But they gave me the feeling specifically like the Wendigo, for the most part, is housed inside of the national parks, and they gave me the feeling like our government knows oh, yeah. that they're in Absolutely. there. And that's why almost like, like when I asked them, why did we form the national parks? They gave me the feeling like we did not form them just to keep, <laughs> you know, the, the earth beautiful mm -hmm. and allow us to enjoy those things mm -hmm. for free. <laughs> they yeah, were like, no. how many things do your government let you do for free to enjoy? Mm -hmm. Not that much. No. <laughs> so, I'll yeah. that. So that's the that's the feeling that they gave me, but yeah. there's some cryptids at play, um, like specifically with that instance where that kid disappeared from behind that bush. They gave me this mental image, almost like he had gotten jerked by some sort of mm. cryptid and into the woods. No, um, thank you. But some of the others gave me the feeling like it's definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, these places are so big, and you know, there's even parts that are like off limits to the public. So you gotta, mm -hmm. it's for our safety, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It made me in think a way, too. Well, in a way, it is. Um, but it made me think too about. Um, I, I saw another documentary. I can't remember what it was called, but it was this guy that was in the military, who had been stationed like out in Arizona, um, and had seen some of these like tall Nordic ET races out there. Like when he was, I think he was some weatherman that did weather for the military. So he was just in this weather tower all the time. And he said he would just look out into the desert and see them walking through the desert. No. Like, can you imagine? He was also the one that said that, um, he discovered that, uh, when the military would like disclose information about ETs to the military, if that military person had a freak out, they have a specific mm. pill that they can give you, and it basically, like, resets you to, like, 20 or 30 minutes before in terms of your memory. So it'll wipe your memory clean of what you've been I told. I just can't. This, that's a movie. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was our episode today, y'all. one. <laughs> yeah. Makes you think. I know. Mm. I know. So find us, y'all, on Instagram. Facebook. TikTok. YouTube <laughs> and email us your stories at the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.